Here we go. You're listening to Rumination Thursday. I'm Pastor Tom Baker on this September the 22nd in the year of our Lord 2022. Somebody says it's the beginning of the fall season. So let's ask Wes Rhymness if he knows that. Well, well, you know how many days it is to the end of the year? No. 100. September 22nd marks the 100th day towards the end of the the year. What does that got to do whether this is fall? I don't know. I just saw it on the calendar today. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Well, okay. Which means we better start buying Christmas presents. Getting there. You sent me some great articles to take a look at today. One of the things that's been on my mind is... A lot of people are talking about how youth are leaving the church, the millennial group. And I've often thought that, you know, some people say they're leaving the church because they can't agree with what the church says about ethics. But I've never really agreed with that. I've always believed they leave the church because they have lousy pastors. And today you sent me an article that really helped me to understand that, where it says that over a third of senior pastors believe that good people can earn their way to heaven. Now, is that biblical? In light of uh, the gospel coming up to there about Abraham and the rich, rich man that entered into heaven. Yes. Uh, I don't think they would fit too well. Not at all. This is a survey conducted by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. And the researchers found that in addition to believing that people can merit salvation based solely on their good works, one-third or more of senior pastors surveyed also believe the Holy Spirit is not a person, but rather a symbol of God's power. Others said that moral truth is subjective. Sexual relations between two unmarried people who love each other is morally acceptable, and biblical teaching on abortion is ambiguous. And people are wondering why there are so many leaving the church with pastors like that. Yeah, there's there's no foundation. I remember the years that, that uh, of my youth in Sunday school, yeah, I was always looking forward to hearing the Bible stories of David and Goliath or or uh, Jonah and the, and the great fish or Moses coming out of people out of out of uh, Egypt and hearing God's truth and especially Jesus. 
life and just dying on the cross. Well, they taught that God's word is the truth. Let me try and guess, therefore, that you had Christian parents who went to church. Oh, yes. I mean, it was not will you go or might you go, you will go. And, you know, that was just part of family life. It's kind of interesting watching it with my kids do the same now. Yep. And this is what is happening is where you have a family affiliated with the church, attending it weekly, kids going to Sunday school, vacation Bible school, and the parents at home teaching them. What what did Luther say about the head of the family? This is how the head of the household should teach his family to pray or to instruct them or to believe. Yes. Out of the, out of the catechism there. Now, we wonder how so many of them are becoming, you know, anti-racial and socialism is preferable to capitalism because they believe that property ownership facilitates economic injustice. Now, that's interesting. Uh, That sure sounds like communism to me. Marxism. Yes, well said. One of the... It's one of the pervasive teachings that we have going on. Then they found out that just over a third of pastors have a biblical worldview and that there is a loss of biblical belief is prevalent among pastors in all denominational groupings. Now, we're a member of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, that really has a reputation of being very fundamental and conservative when it comes to the Bible. But did, or do we have pastors that, well, don't have a biblical worldview in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod? Well, there was what they call the Battle of the Bible in the, in the early 70s that we had, but... Uh, you know, as you speak about it, it reminds me of our ordination vows or when we're installed at a congregation that we look uh, to, to the Bible as the word of truth and the confession, the Lutheran confessions as the correct interpretation of the scriptures. Exactly. And yet we do have had definitely pastors who have wandered uh, from the faith. We've we've got pastors even now who believe in evolution rather than creation. I had, as you said, one of the professors I had did not believe that Jesus really rose from the dead physically, but only spiritually. And others did not believe that there was a real devil and that homosexuality was okay and this sort of thing. In fact, one of them got arrested in a South St. Louis park for practicing that. So even in our denomination, we've had to remove pastors from the ministry uh, because of various problems that they were committing in congregations. 
You know, early on in, in my ministry in the 80s, I, I'd run across a pastor to of that generation that believed that those things, the miracles of Jesus did not happen and things like that. And uh, be it as it may, through the Word, we were able to bring them back to our direction. So, you know, it's the power of the, of the Word working in the life of the people. Well, the vast majority of professors at Concordia Seminary in the 70s and students left the Missouri Synod because they disagreed with the doctrine of the Scripture. Uh, many of them became members of the ELCA that now have homosexual pastors, the OK abortion, and many other uh, horrible things. The worst being that there are other ways to be saved. In fact, in this survey, 39% of pastors surveyed said that there is no absolute moral truth and that each individual must determine their own truth. Now, boy, no wonder we have so much of a problem with people leaving the church because as soon as they hear a pastor say a truth that they don't agree with, about Jesus, about the Bible, then they want to leave the church. Well, isn't that kind of a kinship to to what we call higher criticism or historical critical method, where where we, the, the individual, decide what is the word of God and what isn't the word of God, versus we put the Bible above us and everything in there is the word of God to be. Learned to be believed and followed. Yes, a good example of that is Genesis, where they say, well, Moses wasn't a scientist, and so this seven-day, 24-hour creation is something that he just made up, and it's a myth, and we have to get behind it to see that God really created the world through evolution. And that's a... Wasn't it uh, God who said to Job, were you there when I created the foundations of the earth? Exactly. But, of course, they believe that that book of Job was written by people who really didn't understand reality. And so we don't believe that either. Uh, now, one of the why. things I found about the survey that... You know, who does the survey is important. Here's what they say was very startling. Three in 10 evangelical pastors, that's 30%, did not answer in the affirmative if their salvation is based on having confessed their sins and accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior. They thought that was startling. But do we believe that in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod? Well, confessing their sins and believing, uh, uh, I think we kind of see accepting as something that we do on our part instead of something that God does on, on uh, our behalf. 
Well, yes, because the question was, do you believe that you are saved because you confessed your sins and accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior? That is a definition of the human will that is contrary to the Bible. Nobody can accept Jesus as their Savior until faith is given to them. And so we in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, would say, no, we don't fit in that category. So that's why you got to be careful who does these surveys, not just what they're saying. Well, I got one for you out of Romans 12. I'm right, right at the very beginning of Romans 12. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So the acceptable isn't our acceptable, but, but God's acceptable. Exactly. So this is a big, big difference that many pastors have. Uh, a second article that you gave that I fit fits right into this is entitled, What Can We Do for Those Who Say That There Is No God? And it begins by saying that some people believe that the world is governed by chance, not by God, that morality is man-made, not divine, and yet they quote Psalm 14.1 and 53.1. What does David say about these people? The fool says in his heart, there is no God. You know, that's something we're learning when we're going through the book of Proverbs. A lot of Proverbs from the great wisdom one, namely Jesus Christ, that a fool says there is no God. Now, what I found really important is the reason that they say that. It's not necessarily that they don't believe in the existence of God, but they say a statement like that because it gives them the motivation to continue in their wicked ways. So they have wicked ways. They go to church, hear about God, who is contrary to their wicked ways, and in order to defend themselves, they say, well, I'm not sure there is any God. And it's really a statement to defend themselves and give the motivation for their evil works. You first, but it also goes one step further, isn't it? Is that they're not held accountable to to God or to anybody else for that that matter, which aids in their their evil practice. Yes, it says this belief has given them the license to live freely and do what pleases them. I mean, it's almost unbelievable how many movies there are today where two adults are living together apart from marriage and they think nothing of it. And yet in many movies, that relationship becomes very angry between each other, even to the point of one killing the other. 
you, you can see this if you just go to the FBI files, and these are true stories about boyfriends and girlfriends that would kill their significant other because they didn't like the way they were acting. And this is apart from marriage, which God promises these things will happen since he always imposes negative effects to occur when sin is rampant. Or, or as you sometimes put it, the negative consequences of sin. Yes. It's interesting that this article doesn't agree that they're possessed by the devil in doing this. And what was the reason? Do you remember why he doesn't yeah. think they were possessed by the devil? No, I didn't catch that. Oh, I do not think even the devil and his, and know that God exists. Yes. Uh, even the demons believe and shudder, according to the book of James. So the devil himself knows that God exists, but what is he doing? He can't outrightly tell anyone not to believe in God, but what he does is he attempts to bring about circumstances and events that can create doubt in the mind of believers so mm. that ma many in the church nowadays claim that God exists but they don't revere or fear him. And therefore, as it is written, Romans 2.24, this is Paul writing, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Now, I find that interesting because that's what's happening in the church today, that they're not hearing the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. They're hearing pastors who themselves don't believe that people are saved by grace through faith, but are saved by their own works. And therefore, they don't like that God. And they blaspheme the God of the true reality because the pastors are lazy, and are putting forth false doctrine. Well, kind of, I mean, we've been discussing this over the last few weeks and months and, and years, how ELCA has, has the Evangelicalism Church in America, has been self-imploding on itself because of its, its stance on the gospel or the Methodist Church that, that split over the homosexual uh, gay rights uh, pastor issue. We see this in all the, all the various churches. Yes. Instead of preaching the biblical message, they're preaching worldly messages. They're regularly preached, which means that fake promises are made to worshipers, and the worshipers grow to be disillusioned when the promises don't come true. The promises of wealth, promises of great marriages or children. So when lies are dished from the pulpit, 
believers are inevitably pushed down the road of apostasy, which is contrary to belief in God. Yeah, I mean, this article brings up an interesting case of a pastor in Nigeria who's selling rapture tickets at a rate of $751 to Christians who want to go to heaven. The world sees this and turns its back on the church, you know. Yes, uh, ticket, rapture ticket means that if you buy this from the pastor, then guess what? For $751, it's a way of getting to heaven. It reminds us of, in Luther's day, a coin into the coffer rings a soul from purgatory springs. And this is the worst kind of preaching. And that reminds me of some of the American pastors that we have that that preach prosperity gospel, that God wills it that you become wealthy and... and, uh, you know, have all kinds of wealth and good, good health as a result of, of uh, just believing in him and praying to him. Yes, one of the items that was stated in this is most people who say that there is no God do not know what they are doing. That is definitely something that we found in the book of Proverbs, that those who say there is no God are really foolish, stupid, and don't realize that they have no understanding of God at all. And the reason they say there is no God, just ask an unbeliever to describe God as he understands it, and you will find right. that it is not even close to the Scripture. Well, what did Jesus no, say on the cross about that? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Exactly. So Jesus himself shows that unbelievers are not realizing what they're doing, and he's actually quoting from the book of Proverbs. Recently on KFUO's Coffee Hour, they were doing Sunday school teachers and vacation Bible school teachers and the importance of it. And just as we talked about earlier, the importance of bringing the children to to Sunday school, to Bible class, to vacation Bible schools, so that they can hear about Jesus, not only in the home, but at their church. Yes. One of the items in the article that did disturb me, though, and this is becoming more and more popular, It says, instead of condemning and attacking atheists, we should regularly intercede for the mercy of God to triumph over the judgment that they are inflicting on themselves. Now, I don't have a problem with that. It's the next sentence. A little act of Christian kindness and love of Christ can go a long way in making atheists see the presence of God in our lives. Now, I find that really interesting, that the way we are to convert people is to show them how kind we are and loving, and that will somehow motivate them to be like us. 
and it even says we should kindly and respectfully engage with them. I, I do. I do not agree with that. Where, where was I'd Jesus? Rather... Where was Jesus well, kindly and respectfully engaging with the Pharisees? <laughs> it was what are you Pharisees? Yes. Yeah, there's a, a time when anytime you use the law against someone, it's impossible for them to see you doing that out of your love for Jesus Christ or your love for them. I mean, look at the gay like, movement today. Right. I look at it as First John chapter 2. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For these, all this is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride and possessions. It's not from the Father, but from the world. So John makes that delineation between what is God's and what is the world's. Yes, this idea, it says that we must regularly intercede for them. I agree with that and show right. them love and kindness. No, from their point of view, anytime you use the law, they don't understand that as an act of love. Okay, so those are two good articles you gave us. Thanks so very much. We'll continue with more of this next week. I'm Tom Baker. You have questions? Open email tomorrow. Email me. Till then. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.